Well, this morning, uh, the, of course, we're looking at the birth of Christ and in Luke chapter 2. And one of the things that whenever we ponder or think about the birth of Jesus, we are looking at the knowledge of God's fatherliness. And I was, you know, I read that and I thought, wow, the knowledge of God's fatherliness. You know, we, in the Lord's Prayer, Jesus tells us, our Father, who art in heaven, and the, Jesus is the only one, um, the only time in all of the, the scriptures prior to this, never has God been addressed as Father. So we, and especially in, in the Jewish uh, faith, uh, mentioning the name God was very sacred, and they wouldn't, they wouldn't even name him the name of God. But we find Jesus, whenever he is talking about uh, the Father, he's talking about him as our Father, and that whenever we pray, we approach God as our Father. And so in the birth of Christ, we are beginning this journey as understanding the fatherliness of God. And we find that no one ever approached God as Father, so, and he sets that up for us, that we are to approach God as our Father collectively, individually. And uh, we find that Jesus, um, and the, the Jesus is, uh, the word Jesus means Jehovah is salvation and Christ is uh, anointed. So when we start using the name of Jesus and, G and the name Jesus Christ, each of these things are speaking to us about the anointed one or Jehovah is salvation. And we are coming together and seeing the fatherliness of God. And so we begin... <laughs> We begin with, in those days, Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world. This was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria, and everyone went to their own town to be registered. So Joseph also went up from the town of Nazareth in Galilee to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths and placed him in a manger because there was no room for them in the end. And there were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone round about them, and they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David, a Savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. You will find the baby wrapped in clothes and lying in a manger. Suddenly a great company of the heavenly host appeared with the angel praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven and on earth peace to those whom his favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let us go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they hurried off and found Mary and Joseph and the baby who was lying in the manger. When they had seen him, they spread the word concerning what had been told to them about the child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds said to them. But Mary treasured up all of these things and pondered them in her heart. The shepherds returned, glorifying and praising God 
for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. It's amazing how that whenever the scriptures are speaking to us, it is as it has been told. So Jesus doesn't just show up in history. He is, it is foretold of him in the Old Testament uh, uh, numerous times. And of course, Isaiah, behold, a virgin shall conceive. You know, this will be a sign. And, and it, it talks about Jesus being born in Bethlehem and how that even when Jesus was, um, you know, the last Mary and Joseph, they were in the wrong place. They were in Nazareth. And Jesus needed to be in Bethlehem to be born. So the governor sent out a decree and asked, you know, had a taxation, and they moved. They traveled some 70 miles to Bethlehem. Well, in our Christmas celebration, what is your first thoughts when you say Christmas and you think of Christmas? Any, 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 any takers? You know, what are your first thoughts? Is Jesus? Yeah. But I think for some of the kids, it's... Uh, Presents, <laughs> gifts, <laughs> what's that? Spending time with family. So there are many things that go into it. Food, can't forget food. <laughs> yeah, uh, Cookies, you know, baking, uh, get, getting cookies, eating them, sampling them, all those sort of things. So there, is pre- there are presents, there's church. You know, Christmas Eve service, um, there's time to be together. So one individual did a, po- a poll, and he said, and this is what he came up with. He said, I am celebrating, the, the people that he spoke with said, I am celebrating that I made it through another year. <laughs> so, I am celebrating being home with my family. I got a Christmas bonus. <laughs> my son is home from overseas. I am celebrating that I got my shopping done. I'm not celebrating anything. I'm just trying to survive. I'm celebrating that we will see our family. And I think there's one in our midst that will be celebrating a grandson for the first Christmas. (laughs) So we have all these things to be celebrating. How about preparing the Christmas list? Sending out Christmas cards. Got them all out? We got ours all out. Usually we about two days before Christmas we get them in the mail. But um, getting the Christmas list together, you know, do you have, how many are on your Christmas list? And then you go through and you check off everybody that sends you one to make sure you send everybody a card. And if you didn't, they sent you a card, you didn't send them one, you put one in the mail right away and send it to them. No one be offended. So getting all of the gifts or whatever that we get together, uh, if no one buys you a present, go buy one yourself. That's okay. <laughs> be be God, God's gift to you by you buying one for yourself. Um, what else goes on at Christmas? We plan for our events. Um, you know, sometimes there's office parties. Sometimes there's neighborhood parties. Sometimes there's friends and family, you know, get-togethers and decorating, small or large. Um, looking at others and what they have decorated. And I always tell everyone, if you haven't been through Wimber um, on the, um, for the See the Decorations, you need to. It's, do- it's done very, very well. But we learn from the angels in their opening statement, but the angel said to them in, in Luke chapter 2, verse 10, the angel said unto them, do not be afraid. I bring you good news 
that will bring great joy for all people. So we start off by understanding when we think of Jesus and the, the birth of Christ, number one, don't be afraid. Don't be afraid of God and of his word. And, you know, some people say, well, if I go to church, the walls will fall down and, you know, everything. Don't be afraid of God. Uh, the, the, under, the, the thing to be afraid of, people even say, well, I'm not afraid of dying. Well, you don't have to worry about dying. It's the second death that <laughs> the Bible talks about, in which that is eternal separation from God. That's the one we'll make sure we're not part of. So we have to be understanding that we do not need to be afraid of who Jesus is and what he has come to do. He's come to forgive us and to save us from our sins. And what are, you know, think about this. Every mistake and failure of our past, and everyone has made them, so God has come to forgive us and for us to let go of the past. They let it go. You know, if he's forgiven us, what are you doing remembering it? <laughs> you know, and so God doesn't remember it, so don't be afraid of what God wants to do in our lives. He wants, to for, he wants us to be forgiven. He wants us to let go of the past because he has a future for us. And you can't go to the future when you're always dragging the past. So that's part of Christmas, is knowing that the message of Jesus Christ has come to save us from our sins, not uh, blame us for our sins. So we are forgiven and that God has come to save us. So don't be afraid of God. Second is, the good news of Christmas is worth celebrating for it is personal. I bring you. I bring to you. Now, we find that this is a personal gift that the angels are declaring that Jesus has come to bring each one of us life. He's come to bring you personally. I've come to give you life. John 10.10 10 says, The thief comes, what for? To steal, to kill, and to destroy. But Jesus says, I am come that you might have life and that you might have it more abundantly. And to think all of this begins with this babe in a manger, this incarnation of God, that God has come to be with us. You know, I've been talking about this idea of God saying to us, you know, come walk with me. You know, walk with me. That he, you know, like the two disciples on the road to Emmaus when Jesus, after the resurrection, they're walking... <laughs> Well, they don't know Jesus is risen from the dead. But they're walking from Jerusalem to Emmaus, and what are they doing? They're downtrodden. They're, they're all discouraged that the one they believed would have been the Messiah, and Jesus has died, and, and Jesus walks with them. And they don't even recognize him. Perhaps they, you know, they're just, they don't even look up. You know, do you pass people that don't look up? I see people uh, driving that don't look up. <laughs> they're looking at their phone. It's like you want to blow the horn at them. Look up. See where you're going. You know, go where you, you know, know where you're going and, and, and pay attention. So, you know, I, I bring you good tidings. I bring you personally. Um, the idea of bring, I was looking this one up, and it says, often whenever I, I think of bring, uh, that it is I would bring you a gift. Well, the definition is to take or go with someone to a place. So 
I'm not bringing you a gift. I am walking with you to a place. I bring you good tidings. So the angels are saying, I'm coming here with you to bring you good tidings that, of, of great joy. That, and he's gonna, it's like, here I am, I'm walking with you. And that whole concept of Jesus walking with us, he brings us to this place. He brings us to a place, not only a, a building or a location, but he brings us in our, in our life to a place. And in that place, he's there. Now, he's been with us the whole way, and he's, he's here with us now, but you see how the importance of forgiveness is we're going to continue the journey onward from here. We're not going to live in this place. We're going to keep growing until the time comes for us to go home to heaven. So I have come. I've come to bring you life. And then, he says, I've come to give it to you abundantly. So I bring you. So this is the angel declaring, I'm bringing you. I'm walking with you to this place. This news, I bring you good news, and we'll talk about the good news in a minute, brings you to a Bethlehem. I bring you to a place of being forgiven. I bring, whenever we are looking at the idea, understanding that I, have, I am bringing you, God bringing us, leading us to a place of forgiveness, that's heavenward. Whenever we have Christ as our Savior and Christ has forgiven us, he brings us to a place of forgiving others. That's people word towards others. So this coming of Christ is heavenward and towards others around us. So the angels, I bring you. So God is walking with us, bringing us to this place. Jesus has come to bring us to the place of God, where God is revealed. <laughs> you know, um, says in the scriptures that, you know, that God opened their minds. In one place, he opened their hearts to be receptive, to, to understand. And I, I think that uh, Christmas is, you know, people just don't understand what Christmas is about. They get it all confused and, you know, they, they look at the media and the stores and buying and people don't care or they're... They're hurt because of things that didn't go the way they planned and, and all that. So it, they kind of get confused of what all of this is about. Well, I bring to you, I bring to you a Savior. Today God brings you to the place of revealing who he is. A babe in a manger. <laughs> I remember uh, when Cassie was little, <laughs> uh, we, have, uh, we had a... Uh, manger scene and Jesus was missing <laughs> and Cassie had taken the baby Jesus Jesus out of the out of the manger and she had the tractor and the manure spreader and she's running him around the house <laughs> Jesus is stolen you know <laughs> you know where'd Jesus go well driving him around the house I guess she was walking with him and he was walking with her riding with her I don't know but we find that God brings us to a place of revelation and it isn't, well, maybe you have had the angels show up, but the, the revelation is there is an understanding in our heart that God loves me, he has forgiven me. John 15, 5 says, I am the vine, you are the branches. He that abideth, 
in me and I in him. The same bringeth forth much fruit, for without me you can do nothing. So what is he doing? I bring you. I, I bring, it brings us, taking us to this place. Without him there is not the strength to do it. To bring means to take or go with. So God is bringing us to this place. And the angels are saying, I bring this to you. The second is, it is positive. It is a good news of great joy. Positive, prophetic utterances from the angels of heaven. I bring you positive. I bring you good news. I bring you godly news. That's the scripture. Good is, can actually mean holy, pure, and righteous. I bring you godly news. News of a Savior who is born to you this day in Bethlehem. One who has, saved, who has come to save us from our sins. The, uh, uh, and he says, I bring you good news of great joy. Great is the understanding that it is of a high degree. It is of the greatest level. So I bring to you godly news of the highest degree. There is no greater news than this. <laughs> I bring this to you. It's personal. It's not, for, uh, it's not just for people over there. It's for us personally. I bring good news to you. I bring godly news of the highest order. There is a Savior born to save us from our sins. That is the highest degree. <laughs> and it is of great joy. <laughs> joy is, not, is, is different than happiness. Happiness depends on happenings, things around us. Joy is a fruit of God's spirit that, that grows in our heart and life. Joyfulness is something that is inside about our relationship with God that never changes. Happiness is, you know, well, it's raining today and it's a bad day or it's snowing. We're going to have, you know how bad it's going to get? <laughs> well, it may be. But the idea is the joy, God brings us joy. Uh, it's something grander. It is something that is established in our life. It is a something that is associated with following Christ and having Christ in our life. After the resurrection, in Luke chapter 4, we find where Jesus appears to uh, his disciples. And I kind of skipped through some of this. In verse 38, he says, uh, Why are you troubled? And why do, you, why do thoughts arise in your heart? Why is it that you're so troubled about this whole thing? See, Jesus has, <laughs> Jesus has died on the cross, and he's risen from the dead, and he's standing there with the disciples. And he, and, they, and he says to them, why are you troubled? Well, from the other perspective is, Jesus, don't you know you're dead? <laughs> yeah, I know I'm dead. I, was, I died, but I'm alive again. Well, how often do we have that same approach? Don't you know, God, that I have this problem? And God says, what are you all troubled about? What is it that you're so upset about? And Jesus shows, and he says, here, look at my hands. Look at, look at the marks here. They're still here. I'm the same guy that was on the cross, and I'm alive. Here's my feet. Look at them. And verse 45 says, Then opened he their understanding, that they might understand the Scriptures. 
And this is the point where I think for us as we are looking at Christmas and we're looking at this, the scriptures and the birth of Jesus, that he might help our understanding. What is this all about? It's not, it, you know, it, it's, all these things are okay, you know, presents and decorating and, you know, families and food. And that's all part of it. Those are all okay. But the understanding is that God has come to be my Savior, the Savior of the world. God incarnate, he is here with me to take away past sins, open to us the, the, the life that he has intended for us to have and that will lead us, uh, he will bring us, walk with me here, walk with me through this. And that's the understanding of the scripture that he brings. And then verse 52 says, and they worshiped him and returned to Jerusalem with great joy. <laughs> Isn't that something? What begins with the angel's declaration is that there would be great joy and the ending of the gospel, the ending is Jesus has returned, going to heaven, and the disciples return to Jerusalem with great joy. Hmm. I bring you tidings of great joy. Unto you is born a Savior, and then when Jesus ascends to the heavens and the disciples are walking back to Jerusalem, what happens? They return to Jerusalem with great joy. <laughs> wow. So the circumstances around the life, miracles, <laughs> abandonment by many, the death of Jesus, but the resurrection, I bring you great joy. And finally, it is universal. It's for all people. It's not just for us. It's for everyone. And we find that he showed unto us, this is Acts chapter 11, verse 13, and he showed us how he had seen an angel in his house which stood and said to him, send me to Jaffa, send men to Jaffa, and call for Simon, whose surname is Peter. What happens here in the book of Acts is Peter has had a vision that a sheet coming from heaven and has all these unclean animals on it that, that he was not allowed to eat. And, and, and Jesus, the, the vision, is telling him, you know, rise and eat. And Peter's saying, no, I can't do that. And then God's saying in the vision, what you call unclean, I'm calling clean. And then there's the house of Cornelius, which is a Gentile, he, you know, he's, he has this vision, go, to get, go get Peter and have him come and bring you the news about the good news. And so Cornelius calls, sends people to the house of Peter, and Peter's having these visions, and his vision's just finished, and the people are knocking at the door. And what happens? Peter goes to the Gentiles and preaches to them the message of Jesus Christ. For you see, the message of Jesus is for all people. We shall tell thee, verse 14, who shall tell thee words whereby thou and all thy house shall be saved. <laughs> that Peter will tell you words that will bring salvation to your house. So the message of Jesus is for all people. For this is good and acceptable in the sight of God our Savior who will have all men to be saved. 1 Timothy 2, 3, and 4. It is the will of God for all to be saved. Did you know that? It is the will of God for everyone to be saved. God is not willing that any should perish, 
He wants everyone to come to him and to make heaven their home. Just some people won't listen. <laughs> they won't heed the call. But God has called for them. So we find where there are good tidings of great joy, which shall be to all people. Behold, I bring you good news. I bring you great news. I bring you godly news. For unto you is born this day in the city of David a Savior, which is Christ the Lord. Just as the prophet had said in the city of David, the anointed God, Lord of all creation, Lord of our righteousness, Lord of all men, Jesus put himself in our, in our power for us to share with him. He places himself, as it were, in our hearts and our lives that we can share with him the glories of heaven, the difficulties of earth, and he shares them with us. For you see, it's, it's power for us to walk in his holiness and to walk in his grace and in his mercy. It is personal what God has done. I bring it to you. I bring to you this good news, this godly news, this great news that is greater than anything else. And this news I give to you, it's for all people. <laughs> all people, the message I have is for everyone. So our hearts be open, our minds be open and be receptive to the message that the angels gave to the shepherds is the same message that the Spirit speaks to us today. Same message, it doesn't change. For unto you is born a Savior. What is that? a Savior? Great news, godly news. He will save you from your sins. He will keep you in your life. He will take you from glory to glory. He will lead you on. And he says, come now, let us walk together through this. That's our challenge for Christmas. Amen? Father, we thank you that you have given us such a great message, such a, an understanding of your spirit and your word. Open our hearts and our minds that we might be receptive to what you want to do in our lives. We thank you for Christmas. We thank you for what it means. And it means God with us, God incarnate. Thank you for loving us that much. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen.